0: Episode 62, Does Prayer Work? This is a question that even the most faithful Christians have at some point, I think. With all the things we experience and all the suffering that befalls us and all the prayers that seemingly go unanswered, I think everyone has had the experience of doubting the efficacy of prayer. We tend to think, God already knows what we want and need. God knows what happens in the future, what's the point? Well, First, before we answer whether or not prayer works, let's look at what different kinds of prayers there are, because most people think about prayers of petition, asking for things. Does that work? The other kinds of prayer, however, are equally, if not more, important than that. First being the prayer of adoration. This is something that's a duty given our relation to God. It's something we need to render to God in justice, recognizing him as the source of not only our being, but of the being of all things that he is the infinite good, and he is infinitely lovable, and infinitely adorable. That doesn't mean cute, it means worthy of adoration. So that's something that we are obligated to do in justice. and it's not as if it should be some grudging obligation, it should be a joyful duty that we accomplish daily, that we adore God for his infinite goodness. So it doesn't really make sense to ask whether or not that works because it's simply just recognizing God and worshiping him as God. Another form of prayer is thanksgiving and this is something that we probably all of us fail to do as much as we ask for things. The proportion of our prayer that is thanksgiving is probably very very small compared to the amount of prayer that we spend in asking for things and petitioning for things. But again this is an obligation given our relationship to our Creator our creaturely status in relation to the infinite creator, the one who is the source of all good that we receive, all good that we have, all that is good in us. And so we ought to always render him thanks. We can't even sufficiently render thanks to our parents for being the source of our bodily life and for providing for us. In justice, obedience to our parents is due precisely because of that, because we owe them an uh, almost infinite debt. How much more so do we owe God constant thanksgiving because of what he has given us? A third form of prayer that we are very aware that we need to do often is a prayer of contrition or prayer of repentance, that we constantly recognize how much we fall short of what God desires for us, how many times we fail to do God's will or turn against God's will for us. God gave us free will in order that we might be able to turn back to him, recognizing our weakness and how many times we fail. We exist in time and with freedom so that we might often repent of our sinfulness, whether it be small or great, whether it happen often or rarely. Our freedom is not only a gift to accomplish good, but it's a gift given to us so that we might repair evil, repair the insult we have made to God by our disobedience. So in this, we are unlike the angels, because if you recall from that episode, angels made one act of the will upon their creation, and the fallen angels are unable to repent. We, however, exist in time, and so during the course of our life, we are able and ought to often turn towards God in repentance and ask for his mercy, which he is very ready and willing to give us. He wants to give us mercy more than we want to receive it. So this form of prayer of contrition or repentance or confession we can say that it is effective based on the words of Christ himself. One of the clearest things that he taught us when he was in this world and things that we can glean from the Gospels, especially in the parable of the prodigal son, for example, is that God will forgive us if we ask him. That as soon as we turn to him, he is right there with his mercy. So to ask if this kind of prayer is effective, we would say absolutely yes. There's nothing on the external plane that we can look to to say whether or not this form of prayer works, but we do have the words of Christ, which give an even greater certainty than external signs would. So the prayer of contrition or repentance absolutely works. God has promised that it does. So that leaves us with this fourth form of prayer, which is usually what people mean by prayer, unfortunately. They mean exclusively this, asking for things, petitioning for things. Um, How do we determine whether or not petition works? Well, as a first point, we make the same answer that we just did with the prayer of repentance or contrition, that Christ told us that if we ask the Father things in his name, that they will be given to us. He had the parable of the uh, persistent widow, for example, that kept bugging the judge, and finally he gave in. He said, how much more would the Father answer your prayers? And many other instances in the Gospels where Christ made it clear that, yes, if you pray for things, they will be given to you. Now, of course, this isn't an absolute promise. It would be foolish for us to expect that Christ meant literally anything we ask for would be given to us. Because, of course, first of all, it excludes evil things, right? To ask for the opportunity to commit evil, to ask for some evil thing, is inconsistent with God's goodness. So, already those things are out the window. So if you've asked for something evil, you shouldn't wonder why your prayer didn't work or wonder at the efficacy of prayer, because it's very obvious why such things aren't given to us when we ask. We also shouldn't wonder if when we ask for things that pertain to worldly success or worldly wealth or comfort or sensual pleasure, that they're not given to us. That should be obvious as well. They're not moral evils. They're not evils in themselves. But if we look at the Gospels, it's very clear that the Lord who said that we must carry our cross and follow him, that in this world we will have trouble, that the world hated him first so we should expect to be hated as well, if we wonder that that same God would not give us worldly comfort when we ask for it, well then we just haven't read the Gospel very clearly. Remember that the goal of life, the goal of our creation, is salvation. It's not just enjoying ourselves. C.S. Lewis had a good line where he says, most of us don't want a father in heaven. We want a grandfather in heaven who kind of spoils us and is just happy with, at the end of the day, saying, well, everyone had a good time. Uh, Again, this is a great misunderstanding. If you ever read the Gospels, that notion of God will be dispelled immediately. We also need to think more in depth about what it means to ask something in Christ's name, because that's what he said to his apostles, that if you ask anything of the Father in my name, it will be given to you. Now most of us think that we can just append in Christ's name to the end of any prayer and that kind of fulfills the the necessary qualifications. But that's not what it means. It doesn't just mean saying in Christ's name. Can we really ask for the opportunity to sin in Christ's name or the opportunity to have worldly wealth in Christ's name? No, that's, that's the message of someone like Joel Osteen. To say something in Christ's name requires that it be a good And we can say things that are actually bad and we might not know that they're bad for us and we can ask for them in christ's name but that's not something that can be asked in christ's name christ is our savior he is our redeemer we cannot ask for things that are detrimental to our salvation in his name the name of jesus is powerful it so to speak cancels out evil it can't be used as a way to ask for evil can you ask for a bigger house in christ's name i don't think so Can you ask for a sports car in Christ's name? I don't think so, unless there's some way that in God's wisdom they pertain to your salvation in ways that aren't apparent. But no, to ask for something in Christ's name means something very specific, that we ask that a certain good be accomplished for ourselves or for another regarding our salvation in his name. A good definition of prayer that we ought to work with when we're dealing with prayer of petition is that prayer is conforming our will to God's will. That we pray for things, but after the model of Christ, whose will was perfectly united with the Father's, but for our instruction, you'll recall in the agony in the garden, he said, not my will, but your will be done. That's what we can fittingly end every prayer with. Not my will, but your will be done. That we ask for things that are good, and God desires that we ask for things that are good, that we ask for things that are conformed to his divine will but that if they not be and we are unaware that they are not conformed to God's will, then we desire what God desires and that we freely desire what God desires when it conflicts with what we desire. That's what it means to pray, to conform our will to God's, that God wants to give us all good things that pertain to our salvation, but he wants us to ask for them in order that we might become more united to him. Recall that we have real free will and that God respects our free will and our free will has consequences. Also recall that, as I talked about in the episode on what is divine providence, I'd suggest that you go listen to that too for a, a more for a fuller explanation of this, but we shouldn't think of God's providence as a plan that is set and fatalistic. It is, of course, set in the sense that from all eternity God's divine knowledge and plan for the world encompasses all things that have happened and ever will happen, but that providence includes our free choices as a means, right? It doesn't bulldoze our freedom. Recall the example I gave of St. Monica. Would St. Augustine have converted if St. Monica hadn't prayed for his conversion? I don't believe so. God's will for St. Augustine that he become a great saint included St. Monica's prayers for him as a means. So when our prayer, quote unquote, works, we don't always know that it works because it involves some spiritual good some spiritual reality that we might not be aware of at the time or ever until we see God. So God's plan for us ultimately is our salvation and union with him. And there are certain goods that need to happen and be accomplished in order that we might be united to him. God wants to give those goods to us, but oftentimes will not unless we ask for them, unless we conform our will to his and desire those goods that he desires for us. So think about all of the Amazing goods that go unaccomplished because we don't pray for them. Think about how many saints might not come about because we don't pray for someone's conversion or increase in grace or repentance. How many goods that God wills for us in the world go unaccomplished because we do not ask as we ought. So we know that God hears our prayers and that the ultimate goal God has for us is our salvation and that the conflict of our prayers with that plan for our salvation explains why some seem to go unanswered or why some seem to be answered in a way that we don't quite understand. But I think almost everyone can reflect on some point in their life, even if it only happened once or a few times, where they were sure that God heard their prayers for themselves or for someone else, where they were sure that God's providence was working. Whenever you fall into doubt about the efficacy of prayer, always hold on to those times that you were sure. In the past that God heard your prayer because that can get you through those difficult times. And always remember that God wills your good more than you could ever imagine, more than you will your own good. And so if you happen upon some petition in your prayer that does lead to a further step in your salvation and union with God, it will 100% be answered. If, however, you ask for something in your petitions that don't lead to your holiness, or conversion or growth in grace and virtue then such a prayer does not conform with god's will and so you ought to abandon that petition if it conflicts with god's will and you do so by ending every prayer with not my will but your will be done we should also thank god for the many unknown times where our prayers went unanswered because they would have led to something bad for us if god really did answer all of our prayers we would all be in a very bad spot and i think we can all recognize that that's true, that that many things that we thought were good for us in the past turned out not to be, and many things that we thought were bad for us in the past turned out to be good. So we should be very, very relieved and thankful that God does not give us every single thing we ask him for. Thank you for listening to Catholic Daily Brief. Please become a member at patreon.com slash catholic daily brief and share this podcast with your family members and friends. God bless.